Hi everyone, just before we begin this podcast, I would like to mention our brilliant sponsor, ANL Goodbody. ANL Goodbody is a leading Irish corporate law firm and one which really recognizes the importance of their graduate recruitment program. They have recently been voted the most popular graduate employer in law for the 10th year in a row. If you are looking for the chance to develop your career in a supportive, innovative and collaborative environment, ANL Goodbody can provide this in a modern, exciting, diverse and friendly surrounding. And I would really recommend you check out their graduate recruitment opportunities. Hi guys, Isabel here and welcome back to the Grad Life podcast. Today I'm speaking with Killian Green. Killian is just back from competing in the Olympic final of the 4x400m mixed relay as part of the first Irish relay team to make an Olympic final. He recently graduated from DCU with his law degree and has just started his Masters of Law in Trinity. We'll be talking about a lot in this podcast, everything from athletics to law, personal motivations, advice, music and books. This is an inspiring and really interesting podcast for everyone from sports fans to law students. So hi, Killian. Thanks for coming along and agreeing to chat with me today. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. So there's so many things to talk about, but I think the easiest thing to do is to just like bring it right back to obviously you're known mostly for your running and your athletics. So talk to me about how you got into that in the first place. Um, I suppose I was always kind of doing a lot of other sports when I was younger. Um, I was playing like Gaelic and soccer and things. Um, and then I was always doing athletics on the side, but it was never really um, a massive part of my life, I suppose, until I was in like fifth year or leaving sort of secondary school. Um, and then in fifth year, I think I had like a minor breakthrough year and I got to go to the world uh, junior championships in Poland. And that was like a very good experience. And that was my first exposure to like a proper international competition. And then I think after that, I probably just got um, a real taste of like what the sport can give and the opportunities that could um, arise as well. So then after that, I suppose I went to the European championships um, right after my leaving cert exams. And then ultimately my transition into college has kind of given me um, a different approach and a different experience to the sport. It's a lot more um, strict and intense now, but I suppose in a good way, like it's given me the, the routine and structure that I need to, to be at the level that I'm at today. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like taking it quite seriously when I was in secondary school, but it was never really like a massive part of my life, probably until I made that transition into college. And then I had the facilities and the structure in place to be able to actually make long-term plans in the sport was your leaving cert year like crazy trying to balance running and obviously you said you'd done it you'd gotten started competing internationally in fifth year was it you said so like how was leaving cert year because I know even for a normal person it's stressful um yeah I was it was it was quite different um <laughs> I kind of I was quite sick in leaving cert so I didn't run for a while um until like April so I kind of stopped in like the pre August previous and I didn't run until like April um so then I went to Portugal on a training camp um after my mocks I think for a two-week training camp and then that was the first time I'd ran in months because I was just I, I felt I was very sick and even sorry I think and then I didn't get to run for quite a while so that was like my transition back in and it was probably the best way to start back again because it was in the sun and it was really fun getting to see everyone again but yeah it, it was like a difficult year I suppose um I had to fly to Belgium like a, a few days out from the from the start of the exams for a race to try and get the qualifying standard for the European Championships. So my parents were probably not too pleased with me doing that right before the exams. But um, yeah, I kind of had to be done at the time and it did pay off in the end. 
but um yeah it was it was a strange year and it's kind of that was my first time ever having having to like seriously balance athletics and my academics at the same time I had, I had to do a bit of it in fifth year of secondary school and like starting from back into junior search sorry I had gone to Portugal every year during the the school year from the age of like 15 or 16 so I was kind of used to those two weeks away um around Easter time which was good but um yeah I suppose in leaving cert it was quite intense but um yeah it was enjoyable and I feel like I managed my studies as well as I could but probably not I probably could have been a bit better but uh it, it, it is a very good experience and I'm glad that I was able to do those things yeah well it can't have been too bad because then you went to DCU to study law um why DCU why law um why DCU I suppose when I was in Lehman Cert I think I always was going to go down the legal route um kind of that was what I'd done a lot of like my work placements in throughout like secondary school and like TY and things like that. Um, just because like familial background would have had a bit of relevance to law and everything. So um, that's kind of the, what I found myself doing. And I did really enjoy, to be honest, like getting exposure to the courts and things when I was young and like being able to meet um, various solicitors and things like that and getting to go up to Dublin. So I was always interested in law. So that was always the course I felt, I feel like that I did want to do. It was just a matter of where I was going to do it was my biggest concern. And I did look at a few colleges, like I was looking at UCD, Trinity, um, UL was another one, um, and then ultimately DCU. And to be honest, I didn't really consider going to Galway because I kind of wanted to get out of there, just given that I was training on their facilities and things like that. So I wanted a bit of a change and um, having like talked with a lot of the colleges and everything, I feel DCU had probably the best program in place at that time to cater for my academics and my running because um, the scholarship program in DCU was absolutely, absolutely fantastic um, in terms of like living. They had an athlete's house where I'd have been living with. I lived with 50 other athletes for the four years that I was there and, um, and it was really enjoyable. And that was kind of like probably the best training group that I could have been in in Ireland. So that was like something that I really had to to consider and I, yeah it was quite difficult you know when you're 18 trying to make these like decisions when you don't really know um what it's going to entail I suppose it was a bit of a leap of faith but it did pay off and I had a really really good time in DCU and I really enjoyed it um and I found that the law course as well there to be very good and the lecture is absolutely fantastic as well I'd still be in touch with quite a few of them um like to this day it wasn't that long ago when I left I only graduated back in May but um no it is it was really enjoyable and uh yeah, that's kind of where I had to kind of find the balance between what was going to be the best athletics program and also like obviously my academics were the priorities as well. And then how did you find college once you got there? Did you have a lot of fun or was it kind of curtailed by the fact that you're a professional athlete? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but uh, no, it was, it was extremely enjoyable. Like I obviously, it probably was a bit of a different experience to what, I don't want to say a regular person, but just someone who wouldn't have like a big sporting requirement on the side because you know at the end of the day I did have to factor that into a lot of things in terms of like probably couldn't have gone as many as many nights out as other people and things like that and I like we train quite a bit I think like now it's mainly six days a week so you know probably tired a lot of the time as well but no I, I absolutely loved the structure that was in place in DCU um the athlete's house that I got to live in was absolutely fantastic I mean when I moved in in first year I automatically had 50 friends um, that I just met straight away and it was such a welcoming um, environment to be in and everyone kind of knew what it was like to be a first year coming in and living with final year students and things like that so everyone was just really warm and I suppose like I just you know some of my lifelong friends are from that house so that was 
probably like the best thing about the program um but yeah like I still had a lot of fun I was able to do things and like I had I was able to go on a lot of trips away and still live like a regular college life but yeah there was like I did have to train quite a lot which which took up some time but um I definitely wouldn't go back and change it if I could I know I'm going to fast forward loads here um because I know you did lots of international competitions but I'm aware that like this interview we can't talk for hours and hours and hours so I'm gonna skip forward to Tokyo 2020 happened in 2021 um I remember the first I saw of it it was you saying you had been selected and you were going to go to Tokyo how and then I was like how do you even tell someone they're going to the Olympics like what's do you get a phone call or is it just like published or what's the story yeah it's actually very strange because you don't get a phone call or like a personal email or anything it's just released on the I think it's like the generic team Olympic Ireland page so I like it's strange because okay. I presumed I was going to get a phone call and it's just not how it's done you just have to refresh this page on Google and then ultimately the team is just listed um and even after like after the the national championships like we had the race and everything and that was kind of the runoff to decide who got picked but it wasn't for I think a couple of weeks after that that we actually got official confirmation of who was going um I think everyone had an idea of like the tentative list but nothing was set in stone so it was really hard a lot of people kept asking me like am I going and like we weren't really allowed to say anything until that official publication was released um just um there has to be time given for appeals processes and things like that in case people were appealing results um so it is a really strange way to find out I think I was just um in the car with my friends and I was and I that was like just some random time during the day when the team was released and I was just like oh I just got picked so it was quite a surreal experience and I didn't really know what to do with myself afterwards but uh yeah it was it's probably one of the one of the best pieces of news I've ever received and then when you go over there how far in advance do you go before your race or before this opening ceremony or all that um we when you when we went over we did 10 days in a holding camp in Fukuroi which is this, it's a city four hours outside of Tokyo in the countryside and we did 10 days there and then we moved in that was actually a brilliant experience that was in like a really nice resort where the rugby world cup was held a couple of years previous and that's kind of where all the Irish people had to go for a few days until you move into the Olympic village so that was a really nice way of um like acclimatizing because the, it was really really warm over there and getting used to like the jet lag and everything like that um and then we went over to the Olympic Village and we were there for a few days before the race and you like even in, in Fukuroi as well you have access to training tracks and things like that and um, in the Olympic Village it's the same you can still train away before the race because we were there for over three weeks so you kind of had to remember that there, we, it was we were there for quite a while before the race so we had to keep training like usual which is very very strange because it was just really warm but um yeah that was it, like so we got a bit of time over there before the race to settle in and everything and get your get your headspace together because you know it is it can be quite overwhelming I suppose being in that environment and it's like the travel as well took took it out of us so um like we're really glad that we got the time to settle in and actually get used to get used to like how the country works and uh, get a routine in place and things. And what's the atmosphere like in the I always wonder this what's the atmosphere like in the athletes village like is it really tense or is it like a party or I know it's not a party but like is it that excitement atmosphere or what? Yeah, there definitely is that bit of excitement. I suppose I had never been to the Olympics in a regular year, so I'm not really sure. Um, I'm not sure how close of a comparison I can draw, but anyone who I was speaking to who had been there in non-COVID times said it was actually quite similar, I think, in terms of the excitement that was around. Um, I suppose like, yeah, it is, it's a kind of a difficult thing to put into words, like being 
like you know there's a food hall there i suppose that's probably like one of the most memorable memorable things it's just this ginormous building that's open 24 7 and has uh, different types of cuisines from all over the world but you can just be walking around and see these people that you know we nearly idolize or like well they are famous a lot of them are like some of the most well-known sports people in the entire world um and you just get to walk past them casually and it's just like we're starstruck and sure obviously they have no idea who we are um but that type of thing is very funny and also like quite surreal and that's kind of when you realize that you are among such a high caliber of people and it's like a really nice thing to be able to do but no the olympic village is absolutely fantastic and there's always there is a great atmosphere around and it's kind of where a lot of the a lot of the people get to gel and everything and um yeah it was great like I, we got to talk to some of the other people from different sports and things obviously not as much as we would have liked because people were still quite like segregated in that the last thing you want to do is pick up covid you know a couple of days before your competition and that was something that we had to be really wary about because becoming a close contact out there meant you weren't allowed to compete so although it was really fun and you really want to mix with everyone and be able to go see everything and do everything that's kind of playing in the back of our, our minds this year um that we if you know we really had to be careful about not catching covid but um it was still oh, like it was an absolutely incredible experience and like i'm really glad that i got to, to see what it was like and who just give me one name here who was the most famous or like the coolest person you met or saw Jeez, I don't want to insult anyone now because they'll definitely be listening to this. <laughs> no, but probably um, Alison Felix. She's oh yeah, uh, um, I think just because she's had such like a stronghold in the athletics world for so long, and uh, I don't know. I remember we were just having dinner one night, and she was eating by herself, and like we don't want to go up and annoy people asking for pictures because you know they're trying to enjoy their food just like everyone else's. But it's just I think she was one person people made an exception for. They were like we can't not ask her for a picture or go talk to her and she was absolutely lovely and everything but uh yeah that was probably like the most standout name but just because we we're in a group and everyone was just um just idolizing her but there was just a lot of other people like NBA basketball players and like famous soccer players and things like that um just you know walking around casually which is just mad and it, you do kind of get used to it after a while seeing these people but for the first few days it's actually just mad being able to see um all these big names from around the world but yeah, it's probably the only experience that, you know, or the only time you'll ever get to, to experience something like that. So, um, yeah, it's, it is something that's like quite difficult to get used to. Okay, so talk to me about the, the heat. So you, where did you go in order in the race? I ran first. Okay, so how does that feel standing on the start line knowing your aim is to qualify them for the final, or was your aim to qualify? Um, we knew we had a very strong team. To be honest, like, especially in a mixed relay, honestly, anything can happen. So... You, we, we were confident, but like you never want to say that out loud either, but just because anything can happen. And like that's ultimately what does happen in the race. It's a very messy race and like a lot of people fall and um, get disqualified and everything and all of those things happen. So it was in the back of our minds. We tried not to focus on it too much in case it didn't happen. But to be honest, like we kind of, I, in terms of how we performed, I think we certainly did outdo ourselves. Like we got a national record in the heat and, um, you know, we're one of the fastest qualifiers going into the final. It was actually like a really, like we did very well. And I think everyone performed to the best of their ability. But um, yeah, that was my first time ever leading out a, a relay team. And it was in like the Olympic heat. So that was like very weird, like a very weird concept to get my head around. Um, and I suppose I was trying not to be nervous because I knew there was other people on the team relying on my performance. And I didn't want to hinder that, obviously. But um, yeah, I suppose standing behind those blocks, it was quite scary uh but yeah no I, I actually it was I normally do get quite nervous before races but for some reason that was one that I wasn't actually 
very nervous for. I think it was just because it was just so highly anticipated and the fact I think it, I was just a bit um like in shock about what I was actually doing that I had just so many other things in my mind like the, even like getting out into the start line there were so many like different call rooms we had to go to and like line up and get our numbers and like it was all quite um, hectic before the race which I'm glad about because it didn't leave us a lot of time to sit down and like fester and get really nervous but so I was nearly more excited for the race and it was a really good buzz in the stadium that night because we got to run and um, I think it was like nine or half nine at night that's kind of when the main program was on so there was like there was a good buzz around the stadium which kind of made everyone a lot more excited um and it was it was dark as well and the, all the lights were on so there was a really good atmosphere there um but yeah that was definitely a strange experience to have to get used to and how did the final feel then having gone in and qualified and then you knew all of ireland were following you at that point yeah. sorry sorry to like remind you of that but <laughs> um yeah, to be honest, like it was great. And the support back home was absolutely fantastic. Um, just want to point that out, especially like where I'm from back in Galway, there was a massive, um, just huge support I was getting. And like, I was getting text messages and everything and like getting videos sent from the local schools and just like all sorts of random things. And like that kind of made us all really excited to realize that people actually were watching this at home. Um, and I, I tried not to get nervous about that, knowing that people normally like it's not a massive sport that would get, you know, a huge amount of views. But I think the fact as well, it was like one of the few competitions that got to go ahead. People tuned into the Olympics a lot more this year. They said like, you know, a lot of people said that they mightn't have watched it in a regular year, but um, just this year because it was kind of such a highly anticipated competition that they, you know, that they wanted to. And especially as well, like the Irish team was quite big this year as well. There was a good, there was excitement around that. But um yeah, no, that was, that, was, that was very enjoyable, like getting to know that everyone back home was watching, I suppose. But preparing for, preparing for the final, I think we were so happy with the way the heat went that um, anything in the final was a win. We were originally out in lane five and then we got put back into lane three and then back into lane one, just based on like people getting disqualified and things. Which the best lane to be in? Preferably like a middle lane. So we had lane five in the heat and that's probably like one of the best lanes to be in. So we were delighted going into the final and then we got a call late at night after the final and to say we were back in lane one and we were all kind of disappointed but to be honest you know at the end of the day like you can't really get annoyed about those things because you have to run regardless and yeah I think we were all just so happy and I suppose anything was a win coming out we, we were quite tired we I think we were the only team who ran the exact same four people in the heat and then ultimately in the final the following day so we we did have tired legs like I wouldn't I would have liked a couple of days to recover properly because we didn't get home until quite late after the heat as well um, so I was tired going into the final, but to be honest, like we still ran really well and everyone was really happy with their performance. So um, we couldn't have really asked for any more, I don't think. Here, what does your coach like even say to you before a race like that? Because another way a coach will always say something to you before you go out in any sport. What does what do they say before an Olympic final? <laughs> I actually, I'm not really sure. Um, like I have a very good relationship with my coach. Uh, like my main coach is Jeremy Lyons. Um, and he is Sophie on the team as well. He's her coach as well. So the three of us would be, we'd have like a very good relationship together. But uh, I think we're, I think we're was more so humorous. Like, I suppose it's probably one of the races that, you know, you work for the last few years to get to this point. And then when you're there, you don't really know what to say. He's kind of just saying, look, it's all come down to this. Like, it's kind of nearly funny. And like, I, I like, I do take this for quite seriously, obviously, but just in terms of like racing, I always kind of, get really nervous and I try to stay quite calm and like not get too like bogged down by like you know getting in like a really aggressive headspace I'd much rather go into a race being like chilled so I think he knows that so we probably just had like a joking conversation about how funny it was that we're actually here 
after putting in all the hard work and things. So I think we had more so like a joking phone call about how this is actually hilarious that it's happening. And then I was kind of just more going into it lighthearted as opposed to getting this big, you know, motivational speech. I don't think it was anything like that, but that's just because the way I operate where some other people probably would rather that. But um, yeah, I was probably just joking about how funny it was that we were actually there, I think. You're going to hate my next question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, so what's the plan for athletics now, Paris? Oh, yeah, I probably like I had a back training two days ago, so I actually don't even want to think about that because I feel so unfit right now. But um, yeah, hopefully, well, like there's short in the short term, there's like world championships next year there in Eugene, Oregon, and there's also European championships in Munich. Um, so they're kind of like my short term goals. They're only a year away, and like the world championships will probably be as competitive as the Olympics. And that that relay team that I was on has qualified for those already. So. Um, that's nice to know that that team's definitely going. It's just what four people will get to run has to be determined again. So, but it's good that the pressure is off in terms of like the team is qualified. So that's really nice. And then hopefully the same will be for the Europeans. Um, so in the short term, yes. And then long-term Paris 2024, even though that definitely feels like a lifetime away. And everyone keeps asking me that question. I don't even want to think about it right now because I feel like I'm still tired after the summer, but um, yeah, Sorry. Hopefully, hopefully that's, hopefully that's the aim, but um, we'll see what happens. And then what, what personally motivates you in your, well, that's kind of a broad question, but interpret it as you like, whether it be in athletics or your studies or just in general, what personally motivates you? Um, I'm not sure. I, Cause I like to say that I'm a motivated person, but then I always find myself being quite lazy or something. So I'm kind of stuck in the middle of like, I feel like I'm a motivated, lazy person um like I don't it's not that I don't like putting in the work but an Olympian just told me he's a lazy person I don't yeah. really know what to say to that see it doesn't sound great when you say it out loud but <laughs> um, I don't really know I, I suppose I just and it's not that I'm like so crazy obsessed with winning or anything because I don't really I obviously don't like if I lose a race or you know don't do well in an exam from an academic sense but um I, I don't know I actually I just enjoy working really hard in training sessions and I like I actually really like the difficult sessions that you might get sick from and things like that, as strange as that sounds. And from an academic sense, I suppose, I don't know. I, I just like, it's nice doing well in an exam because it just makes your life a lot easier not having to worry about like a repeat or just like being able to get a good job and things like that. So that's probably what motivates me just from a practical sense and just making my life easier. And, you know, like I feel like I do have the capability to do well and it's just a matter of like applying myself which that's from the perspective I'm talking like I just hope that I can do that all the time because it is difficult to fall out of a routine or it is easy to fall out of a routine and slip into like a state of like complacency but um so I suppose just not falling into that is probably what motivates me and just like taking these opportunities while I have them I think from definitely from an athletic sense the window is so short where you can actually run well because it's so physically demanding so I think that's probably like I'm aware that I'm in such a privileged position right now with the things that like I can do with my body as strange as that sounds so I just kind of want to avail of these things before I start having to worry about like knee and hip replacements and things like that down the line. And who inspires you? There was a um, sadly a couple of years ago in 2019 uh, one of the guys in our training group Craig Lynch uh, passed away in a car crash just in September actually like his anniversary was just last week and he was probably I didn't even I knew him but a lot of people in the group knew him a lot better than I did and 
but even if you only met him a couple of times you could get a, such a clear sense of how much of a highly motivated individual he was and I suppose after he passed away um I don't know I think his work ethic definitely just like stayed with me uh and I suppose I've tried to apply his mentality to, definitely not to the same level but just I suppose it's always in the back of my mind like that I to be grateful for what I can do because like I'm still alive and can do that and I presume he would do anything to be able to to do what we did so that was that's kind of like from personal perspective I suppose that's what keeps me motivated and I want to keep going just because like not to you know it's very easy to not want to do a training session or an exam or something like that but you know if once you take a step back and realize like I'm actually in a really privileged position that I can do this like I really don't want to take it for granted and I think that's probably what's always in the back of my mind like not feeling guilty if I don't do it but just like knowing that and appreciating that I actually have the ability to do these things I think that's probably something that always is just uh sitting in the back of my my thought processes yeah and you you're so busy all the time like what with having just finished your undergrad and training like full-time on the side do you ever like do you ever struggle with balancing at all or just struggle in general and how do you deal with that um yeah it can be quite difficult I suppose like my law degree was quite demanding obviously there was a lot of time where I had to spend studying and everything and then having to train in the evenings on top of that like it is easy to want to just be able to not train and sit in for the night and everything um but I suppose fine like just getting a good routine is probably one of the most important things I think just uh because I, I to be honest like you couldn't keep training as hard or studying as hard if you didn't have a routine if you're kind of just like floating around the place I don't think any of it would work um so that was probably just the most important thing just finding a good routine and being able to just find what works for me because it and obviously well the, the approach that I take for athletics is just like I really don't want it to, to like to be my sole focus and I do like have an external interest and everything and I and like in, in fairness to my coaches as well they really appreciate and understand that people need to have a personal life as well and not to be solely bogged down with athletics because then if that starts going poorly it's very easy for a lot of other things to crumble with it so it's nice to have a, a few distractions um on the side like I don't even know just even just something as simple as seeing my friends or like having time to go for a swim in the sea or something like that just to get your mind off things or um I don't know I'm kind of into like film photography not that I'm any good at all but I just like that's kind of like my little escape I suppose just being able to do that as like a nice side hobby um and yeah I think that's like it's but finding the balance is definitely just the most important thing about works for you nothing um I feel like it's it'd be difficult to keep everything going 100 miles an hour you know not having a good routine in place but yeah I think that's it my next question was what do you do to relax which you've kind of just answered with uh, swimming and your photography and your photography is good by the way I've seen it it's, it's good stop putting yourself down but I'm gonna what do you do to relax yeah those two things I suppose I kind of I do like swimming in the sea a lot even though I'm so bad at dealing with the cold so it's like self-torture and I regret it every time but I always do it anyway um and just like seeing my friends and things is, is also nice I found this summer quite difficult sometimes as I stayed up in DCU they gave me actually free accommodation which was so nice of them for the summer because they knew I was like trying to qualify for the Olympics and everything um, and I wasn't working the summer because I kind of just wanted to focus on athletics for the few months because I knew how short the window was to qualify um so I did find that quite difficult not being able to see anyone and I was kind of like isolated a lot of the time so it was really nice to be able to go see my friends when I could um and I suppose like the film photography stuff is kind of good because it's very mobile and I can just bring it everywhere with me um 
and yeah like that kind of like I brought I got to bring my camera over to Japan and everything which is like the world's hope for film photography and I got like take some great pictures over there which is really good and they were really cool pictures yeah but oh, I, I want to strongly reiterate that that is like such a side hobby and that I don't even take seriously but it's just a nice escape and I definitely am not good at an extreme amateur but uh no probably just that and just like being able to just relax because like athletics is so physically demanding as well a lot of the time I'm just so tired after training sessions especially if we train late at night we might get home until like half 10 or 11 um so it's just nice to be able to like relax and just like read a book or something or I don't know listen to music and or just lie in my bed and just not have to not have to do anything for a while but um yeah I don't know I just I do appreciate the downtime as well I think it's very important even just for your headspace as well um, you don't have that much downtime at the moment because you've just started your Masters of Law in TCD, um, Trinity. Sorry, I have T TCD written down, Trinity. Um, what's it in uh, and why Trinity? Um, the Masters is in intellectual property and IT law. So that is just for a year. Um, and it's I've only been, I only started it a week ago, so I'm still quite a newbie finding my way around the campus, uh, struggling to, to fit in. But no, definitely, it's, it, I, to be honest, like I just was decided to further my legal studies, I suppose, because um, like I do, actually do really like studying in academia and everything. So I kind of wanted to do that for the year and see what, what position I would end up in um, having done the master's. And I think it's a really relevant module or a really relevant um, course to do as well. And like, it is very interesting and I have really enjoyed the last week and, um, I'm extremely excited to keep studying, but uh, no, I don't want to sound sarcastic because I actually am excited. But um, I don't know, I decided to pick Trinity just because, well, I obviously know the reputation that the law school there has, it's absolutely fantastic. And the module, it's, or the course itself, sorry, is extremely interesting. And I feel like it uh, is, is definitely like a very good um, college to further my career, I suppose. And like, I think it'll put me in a good position after. So. And yeah, they hopefully will be able to get a run on scholarship there as well. Um, they haven't actually been distributed yet. So we're waiting to hear for confirmation on that, but that would definitely be a huge benefit as well. I've been in touch with some of the people and everything, so I feel like it should be fine, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think um, it is definitely like, I just felt it was the right move for me to be honest, to go there. And like, so far I've really enjoyed it. And I really, I really liked the fact that we were able to go back on campus for some of the lectures as well. Um, it's nice to be able to like see my lecturers in person and like meet people and everything so yeah I've only been there a week but I'm definitely uh very much enjoying it so far um and then after the master's what's the career plan is law the career plan yeah I definitely will stay with law uh I've really enjoyed it like I really enjoyed my undergrad and hopefully will continue to enjoy my master's and everything so um you know if I'll see what doors are opened and um, haven't done the master's and everything but um kind of looking at doing my AP ones I suppose after um after I finish and then hopefully securing a traineeship if anyone is willing to hire me <laughs> so, I'm gonna plug myself there I'm very much open to work but um <laughs> but yeah that's probably the plan at the moment um I'll see what happens during the year and everything but um that's kind of like the that's the route I'm, I'm currently looking at going and going into and everything and like I've been in touch with a few of my past lecturers in DCU and they're kind of saying that's what they would recommend me doing and everything so um yeah i'd say that's probably probably the route i will go down um and then i'm just wondering if you have any advice to younger athletes or just younger people just if you had to give them one piece of advice what would you what would you say um 
I suppose just enjoy I know it sounds so cliche but just like really enjoy whatever you're doing whether it be like from a sporting perspective just like really enjoy um enjoy the sport for just just to focus on that for a second just because I suppose from a personal perspective I always found myself running my best when I was enjoying the sport the most where I wasn't getting too bogged down with results or how training was going when I just like found myself being like really happy in training or on the track and everything or with the group that's when I ultimately my my good results came and I'm not sure if that's just me but I it just makes the whole experience a lot better and then just from an academic perspective I suppose just also enjoy it like we're in a, a good position at this age where we get to experience so many new things in college um or secondary school going to a younger group and um definitely just enjoy it while we can I suppose like everyone always says you know college and school are some of the best times of your life and yeah I don't want to sound like an old man but even like looking back on secondary school like it's very difficult to get those experiences that you get in in while you're in that position again like it's very hard to keep touch with keep in touch with people and you know be able to to be in such a such a good position like I actually went to my secondary school last week to talk to some of the students and things and even being back there was just I forgot like how many memories I had like and how many good experiences I had and just talking to my teachers and everything and I you know I just like look back on that fondly so I suppose like I'm really glad that I got to enjoy school and like my undergrad so just like enjoy what you're doing and don't get too bogged down I suppose on the on like how things are going and I think if you apply yourself that the good results definitely will follow. And what's the best piece of advice or something someone has said to you that stuck with you? Um, Sorry, I put you on the spot with this one. I didn't warn you about that. Um, I suppose going back to the to Craig, who the, the person in our training group who passed away, um, kind of like something that was always said after after that was, I think it's like something that he used to say, but it was just kind of because he like was such a motivated individual and he kind of just took the view of like feel the fear and do it anyway and that's just kind of what I always just say to myself if I ever find myself getting like nervous before a race or an exam or anything that I do really I'm just like I'll feel the fear and do it anyway because you know I don't know I suppose if you take a chance like it's always better having done it than not having done it I feel the if you do it and fail I always think that's never as bad as not doing it and regretting it so that's kind of something that I always say to myself whether it be like I don't know, not taking a course in college or not running a particular race or even just going to like, I don't know, you know, I suppose just give, give, give everything a try because, I, you know, I think it's always better living in disappointment than regret as bad as that sounds. So just kind of take all the chances while you can because you never know what's going to what's going to come out of them. And I have two quick fire questions, one of which I have not warned you about. So uh, just because I know you have a good taste in music. So I'm wondering if you had to pick one song, maybe it's like the song you listen to before a race or the song you listen to in your downtime, but what song would it be? Jeez, um, because my music taste is very diverse. So I'm actually not sure what genre I'm going to go down here, but one song, and it's this is such a strange thing to say, and I'm not really sure anyone is going to be able to relate to this, but if <laughs> there's a song, it's called um, She Changes the Weather by Swim, by Swim Deep. And I just really liked the music video as well. So I, I only ever kind of watch, listen to the song when I want to watch the music video. But this is so strange. But every time I'm like dying at training or if I'm like getting sick, um, I just sing that in my head. And it always makes me feel calm. And <laughs> I don't know. It's like some people have walked up on me like puking behind a shed at the track. And I'm just singing the song to myself because it always makes me <laughs> so that's probably one song that always sticks with me. And I really like that. But um. Yeah, anything, yeah, Lowell Kerner, anything by Lowell Kerner is pretty good. I'm a massive fan of him, of him and I really like his music. So 
from an artist's perspective, he's probably my favorite, but from a song of one song of all time, probably she changes the weather. I think uh, it's helped me through some dark times on the track. Um, and then my last question, which I think you do have an answer for is if you to recommend one book, what would it be? Legal, non-legal, sports related, non-sports related? Yeah, I'm gonna go non-legal and non-sports related. Um, <laughs> the It's a book, it's called The Hidden Life of Trees. Also a strange um, book to pick probably. Uh, it's by Peter Volobin. I don't, I definitely pronounced his name wrong. I believe he's German. Um, and it just focuses on trees and basically how he kind of humanizes them and uh, you know, I don't know, throughout the book he paint like they kind of create trees as this society and he studied like forestry and I don't know, he just shows how trees kind of are nearly relate to humans a lot in that they, if there's someone in their community like that's sick, someone being a tree, sorry, um, that they can like feed the tree nutrients and things like that and like they, they kind of function just like we do and that they can cultivate relationships with each other and I know it does sound a bit crazy and I think the book did get um a bit of it was open to a bit of controversy from like scientists and things after but um it, it actually is it is a brilliant book and I'm definitely not explaining it well but it kind of just uh it puts the environment in a very good position it kind of shows that um that you know trees are very similar to humans and that I suppose we need to respect that and now that I'm saying this out loud I like I really regret my book recommendation but if anyone is interested you actually should look it up because it's a brilliant book and it kind of just uh it shows like how unique the environment can be. I found that very interesting and I don't think anyone else will. And I'm regretting everything now, but. Uh... <laughs> no, it's fine. He's, I'm sure it's a good book. It is. It has to be, if it's yeah. the one book you picked. Um, yeah. Listen, Killian, I'm aware we've gone over, but uh, it was a great interview. So thank you so much for agreeing to do it with me. I know you were super like receptive and eager to do it when I asked you, which was really nice. And it has been lovely chatting to you. So thank you so much. No problem. Thanks very much, Isabel, for taking the time. It was uh, it was great talking with you today.